Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hardy. Um, the last 10 days or 11 days or so have been some monumental shit in pro wrestling, you know. Um, a lot of big news coming out, you know. Uh, John Cena is back in the WWE. Um, Jay White, Switchblade, uh, appeared on Impact Pro Wrestling, uh, confronting the elite. Uh, but let's begin with like the biggest surprise of all. Um, every outlet out there reportedly saying it's a 100% deal. Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan, or shall we say Bryan Danielson now, back to his indie name, mm-hmm. uh, and CM Punk have reportedly signed with All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit, man. Like, we, we weren't planning to talk about this because we had a bunch of pay-per-views to talk about, but we got to address this, man. Like, what, what do these signings potentially mean uh, for you? Like, are you excited? What are your dream matches? Uh, where would you like to see them debut, you know? Okay, so these are some of the rumors, right? So... I- it, well, well, okay. Uh, let me clarify because a lot of the pro wrestling rumors, right? They always like have this. Um, uh, they always like qualify themselves as uh, saying like you know as of this writing, potentially we yeah. have heard from sources. Yeah. But interestingly, none of the reports are doing any of these things. All of them are like fucking doubling down, saying like this is a done deal. This is a done deal. Mm-hmm. This is a done deal. We're only waiting for them to debut. You know. Mm. So I don't think it's a rumor. Yeah, but I mean, no companies have officially said anything, correct? Uh, yeah, of course, like, they want to keep the, the debut a surprise. Correct, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. But most probably it's going to happen, like, like what you said, like 100%, right? Yep. Yeah. So CM Punk, AEW, Daniel Bryanson, also AEW. Am I right? Da- Did you say Daniel Bryanson? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Brian, da- <laughs> Brian Danielson. Sorry. That, that, that could be his new name, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so ridiculous, man. <laughs> Yeah, Brian Danielson. Yeah, sorry, Brian Danielson and yep. uh, CM Punk. Yep. Uh, both to AEW, most probably. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Because before this, there were some rumors of them going to NGPW. Uh, some rumors of them going to... Actually, only NGPW or AEW. La. There was no other options. La. Signing with AEW means you can go to NGPW. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah it's, an open, it's an open door kind of policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, this is big implications as usual uh, because these are two of the undoubtedly big names in pro wrestling. In the post-Ruthless Aggression era, Correct. these are the two biggest names in pro wrestling. Exactly. And not only that, but uh, CM Punk has never really disappeared from the scene. Like, he's done, I mean, he hasn't wrestled a pro wrestling match in how long now? Uh, seven years. Right? But he's always been you know on twitter on on uh, fox tv on different different media outlets you know saying his piece la. So WWE has... backstage last year exactly so he has yeah. always been around la. yeah uh, daniel bryan was around in wrestlemania main events this year <laughs> exactly yeah. so uh these guys are still very very relevant and they still hold a very big place in the hearts of the iwc la. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So their debut on uh, AEW is gonna be massive, lah. It's just that, I mean, AEW is kind of stacked, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing. The only issue I have, lah, is that yeah, it's kind of stacked. Like, where are they gonna fit them? But then the thing is, I'm kind of confident that AEW will be able to do that, you know, and wrangle uh, two big star names, lah, and you know, see where they 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 feature on their program, lah. 
Mm, considering the fact that AEW has an equally as bloated <laughs> roster as the WWE, yeah. but the big the big difference is like there hasn't been any issue with AEW utilizing talent. There's no one like underutilized or nope. or anything. You know, they have somehow managed to make it work. Because uh, I think also of how they manage the the AEW dark shows. Mm-hmm. Like if you you know if you're if you no time on AEW main main show right. Yeah. And then you know you can go into dark. You can go into but also AEW is releasing the second show, what? AEW Thunder. Uh, Rampage. Thunder oh. was the AEW. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Rampage. Yeah. That's the one. No, sorry. The article that I read was about how they were afraid that AEW might treat Rampage like Thunder. Sure. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. it. But then AEW confirmed. I mean, they were saying that no, like it's also going to be an A show. It's not going to be like a B show too. Um, yeah, yeah. Might, yeah. And you you were mentioning uh dark and dark elevation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's not also forget, you know, that. If they have nothing for them, they could go to Impact. Oh yeah, exactly. They could go to NGPW. They could go to MLW. They could go to Triple A. You know, they they have done this. You know. Yeah. 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 So I mean, they they've, they've loaned out people. They've traded people. So everyone is gonna get a shine somewhere. You know. Yeah, and part, busy somewhere. Part of the reason Nick Khan was talking to NGPW was to keep Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan wanted to work in Japan. That was mm. part of his deal, right? With AEW, that isn't a problem. Heck, they are, they are changing uh, IWGP belts on Dynamite, as we oh, saw on Fighter yeah. Fest. You know? So, like, the, the connection is strong there. So, I mean, wherever it happens, whomever they feud is going to be a very, very big deal. CM Punk, I think, as of 2021, is a bit less relevant than Daniel Bryan because, as I mentioned, Daniel Bryan was in the main event of WrestleMania this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, CM Punk, um, I think his stock has fallen a bit because, you know, he does come off like an asshole sometimes. Yeah, but that uh, is a totally pro wrestling thing you can make use of, you know? Oh uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I, mm. I actually think, like, one of the initial things they should do is feud CM Punk with uh, Colt Cabana because of their lawsuit. Boom. There you go. Straight away, instant storyline. Don't need to think so much. Because CM Punk, you don't need to put him anywhere near the title picture. CM Punk is a draw himself. He, he is his own belt, you know what I mean? In a way, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the Colt Cabana feud is, like, it's, it's right there for you, you know? It's a, yeah. it's a nice, intriguing, very hot blood feud to kick it off. Correct. Uh, Daniel Bryan, you can debut him anywhere. I hear, I mean, the, the big rumor is that he's debuting at the Arthur Ashe uh, Stadium like, in, in their big stadium show, you know, the 50k stadium show that they're doing in September. Go for it. Um, CM Punk, I think the logical choice would be Chicago at All Out. La. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When so, is All okay. Out? La? All Out is on September 3rd. Okay, so close to SummerSlam. La. Uh, uh, The week after SummerSlam. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what I think they should do is, you know, the Dynamite before All Out will also be in Chicago. Oh. Um, I want Dynamite to open with Cult of Personality because Cult of Personality is not a WWE-owned song, you know. Mm. It, it, yeah, you know, so it, it's, uh, they, they can buy the rights to that song, play Cult of Personality <laughs> on the Dynamite before All Out, yep. but CM Punk doesn't come out. MJF comes out. Oh, that's such a Chibai move. Yeah, like to fucking show the fans. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then like you, you save the actual debut for, for All Out. So when the music plays, you're actually still not sure whether it's... Yeah, because Punk, you're you know? thinking, ah, oh, fuck, is MJ trolling us again? Again, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that'll be cool. Uh, with Daniel O'Brien, I mean, same with Flight of the Valkyries. La. I mean, that is a publicly owned song. You know, so. But they have to play the original, not the, the WWE remix. Of course, of course. The, the original is nicer anyway. And plus, or, or they could do his ROH theme song, which is Final Countdown also. La. So, um... <laughs> so dope, actually. Mm. I'm quite sure Europe don't mind selling that song. Yeah, yeah. And one thing we can definitely look forward to is JR making the same mistake as you and calling him Daniel Bryanson. Oh no, that'll be so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, but like, whoever they fight, whoever they feud with, 
Um, I have heard that both CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are requesting um, kind of Brock Lesnar type schedules, which I don't mind, to be honest. No, no, because I, like I said, there's a bloated roster. You don't need them every single week. Yeah, like every couple of months, you put them on a pay-per-view in a big feud, but like you don't let them steal the shine on Correct. regular Dynamites from the younger stars. You know? So it's a good way. It's a, it's a win-win for everyone. And I, I'm, I'm very sure Tony Khan and the Bucks and Omega and Cody know how to handle this because they have a great track record of handling recent debutants you know like from your Matt Hardy's to Brody Lee yeah. to Christian Cage to uh you know a- everyone else that they've signed Malachi Black you know well, um, uh, what do you say to like people who say oh yeah they're signing more WWE guys to be fair CM Punk and Daniel Bryan aren't WWE guys they're ROH guys no I understand but you know what I mean la. like there's uh, I get it I get it like, like yeah. okay Chris, Christian was a WWE guy Cody is a WWE guy but I think CM Punk and Daniel Bryan has always been indie guys, you know, that, that have... That uh, went to WWE. That went to WWE. So, like, I I, 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 would, I would say it that way. Lah. But at, at this point, right, I would actually say that the WWE main roster feels like developmental for AEW. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Like, you go prove that you can make it in WWE first lah, before you make it to the big leagues. <laughs> That's so weird to say, but it's becoming more and more true. Yeah, NXT is developmental for WWE and WWE is developmental for AEW. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, it's it's weird, but you know, it's it's working out that way like, with Andrade and Malachi Black and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. I'm very happy because I'm way more invested in AEW than WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why we are going to start with AEW's two-week event, Fighter Fest. Uh, not a pay-per-view per se, but uh, an intriguing two-week special episode event, uh, which was, I think... Insane, you know, main evented by a crazy coffin match in the first one. Yeah. Main evented by a crazy Texas death match in the second one. Um, yeah. Overall, uh, how do you feel uh, AW, the two AW Dynamites stacked up against each other? Do you think they were good shows? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they were they were just just enough um, action all around. Mm-hmm. Wait, we're talking about Fighter Fest, right? You were talking about Fighter Fest, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my brain went haywire for a while there. Yeah. But uh, there's just enough, like, showcases of all their talent, mm-hmm. plus impact talent, mm-hmm. and NGPW talent. Yeah. <laughs> Though all of them are AEW, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. But it's just so nice. Like, it's not too long. Everything was very, very, I felt very um, um, concise. Yes. I didn't feel any match was over overblown, like oh my god, this this is so dreadful. There were no dreadful matches, like everything went on smoothly, was fun, was what I expected. Um and like you know, the W Island Ethan Page match exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. The Lance Archer, John Roxley's uh, Texas death match, exactly what I expected. Mm, you know? So yeah. Yeah, it, it, it lived up to my expectations and I loved it. And I'm glad that they also you know, had a relatively good average, uh, a very relatively good um, ratings, you know. One million for night yeah. one million for night one, one point two for night two. Something uh, like, yeah. huge ratings. And as of I think the last two months or so, AEW Dynamite in terms of the eighteen to thirty four demographics, which is the ratings that advertisers go for, lah. Yeah, uh, have have been beating Raw and SmackDown in terms of that rating. Yeah. Uh, although not overall viewership, so it it goes to show that you know like they are financially secure in their TV money, like, which is very very good. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Also, I mean, we talked about this like in our last episode, like the i the the image of seeing AW in different arenas every every week. Oh, it's so fun! 
it's so cool. The crowd is white hot, you know, because mm. I feel like the the people at uh in Florida, right, are a bit. I I wouldn't say tired, but they've been you know doing daily space for eighteen months now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that that core fan base must be a bit tired, lah. So it's nice yeah. to see like different people get excited, because it's their first AEW show in a long time, right? Yeah. So everybody's yeah, like kind of hype, you know. Yeah, yeah. Florida is like basically the the the, the Vegas of the shows. You know, like. Uh, where all the the people who are watching these shows have already seen this act like a million times by now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, even though yeah, it's new storylines, is uh, your know, storylines are changing. It's still like a TV show and all that stuff. Yeah, but it's just I cannot. If I were them, I'd be I'd be kind of tired watching live shows or so. Oh my gosh! Yeah, same same here. Man. Yeah. Um, we we won't do this match by match, but we'll talk about highlights know. from from each. You know, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the main event of night one first. Let's start with night uh, one. Let's go. Uh, the coffin match between Darby Allen and Ethan Page, and we've already talked about how how nice this build was. Yeah. And, uh, how how bl- how unsettling the idea of them trying to um end each other's careers. You know, it felt yep. very psychotic like and not in a pro wrestling way in a very like real way oh, um and, and the coffin match you know which is their version of the casket match uh of course their objective was to stuff your opponent into the coffin and close the lid uh yeah. this was aw's first venture into the start of stipulation and i think w allen and even page stole the show on night one with fucking gangbusters action and insanely painful spots you know yeah. um it, it looked it looked like two madmen just going Edit. Yep. Uh, some of the stuff that Darby Allen did, you know, like his uh his tope from the top of the rope onto over the barricade into Ethan Page. Yep. Fucking nuts, you know. The coffin drop onto the closed coffin after the match was over. Yeah. Uh, like he didn't need to do that. Yeah. He just wanted to do that. It's like that the statement, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. The 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 olive of with the skateboard <laughs> onto Ethan Page's back. <laughs> Um, I I forgot who tried to do this, but you know they unhooked the ring rope. Ah, uh, no, Ethan Page. Ethan Page, yeah. literally fish hook W. Allen yeah, with with the hook of the ring ropes. It's peak craziness. Uh, one one of the most insane things. Page, uh, did a super like razor's edge tossing Allen from uh onto the steel steps from inside the ring. You know, um, the the impact made me pucker in pain. Yeah. It's, what well, well, one of the one of the craziest uh I, I I'm not a fan of casket matches in WWE because I feel like they're very slow and very plodding. Yeah. Uh this was not a <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't yeah, this, this was exactly like I said, right? It was exactly kind of like you could imagine this was what was, was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was scared, I was scared going through it. <laughs> yeah. Because you know how crazy W Allen was. Yeah, yes, yeah. We've seen it so many times in AEW and like, oh no, you're gonna give him an opportunity to be even more crazier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it it worked out in the end, you know. Like, uh, I just love Ethan Page, uh, heel persona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, is I think Ethan Page is a really underrated heel. Like, he's so good. He's a he was I, one of the guys I thought would be perfect for WWE main roster. I think so. I think you're right. But yeah. I mean, I'm glad that he's in AEW. Oh, sorry. Actually, it was uh, I was wrong. It was actually uh, Ethan Page that got fished by W. Allen. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ethan Page uh, hooked W. Allen's necklace with the, mm-hmm. the, 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 what do you call it? The corner hook. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But then it was the fish hook. Was, yeah, that was W. Allen. Fucking crazy Ooh. bastard. Fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the drama was great. Like, uh, there's a little, little, little bot, Shoni, the one when, you know, when uh, he, he pushed the steps into Ethan Page to go into the coffin. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Ethan didn't really go into the coffin to kind of, like, like uh, shake himself into the coffin. Yeah, yeah, it looked a bit choreographed uh, that one. But yeah. the good thing was that the camera didn't focus on that. 
So Correct, like yeah. immediately when they saw that they changed angles. So yeah, whatever mm. lah. Yeah. Mm. So in the end, still great, great match. I love it. Go for it. Uh, I, 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 it was everything that I expected it to be. Oh man, yeah. Uh, night one had a lot of other great moments as oh, well. Yeah. I would, yes. I would like to talk about Cody Rhodes calling out Malakai Black. You know, um, uh-huh. which which was really great. Cody first came to the commentary section, right, and then yeah. like started talking to Jim Ross, and then and he was like, "Fuck it, this is my show. Give me a mic." You know. Yeah. Uh, he calls out Malakai Black. I love the uh, the very Undertaker Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know, yeah. gimmick like yeah. one dressed in all white, right, one dressed in all yeah. black. You know, um. I, I think this is the first Cody feud in a long time that I've been interested in. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a very simple feud. Mm. One black, one white is very clear, like what you're, you're, we are supposed to be rooting for. You know, but, you know, we'll see. I, it'll be quite interesting to see how of an asshole, uh, because we, we kind of not know what Malachi Black is at the moment. Yeah. Except that he's, you know, the like an like a evil guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a vibe of supernaturality, but then it's not he, overt. Yeah, he is more of the, the dark side of Tommy End. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that, you know. He's like he's like his his version of the fiend, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. good way of looking at it. But a bet, better done, la. <laughs> a lot better done so far. La. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. You know, I always love Cody, so we'll see. La. Uh I mm. I hope I hope they, they do live up to the feud. La. Oh, 100%. Uh, right. Another thing that happened was like uh, Hangman uh, mm. calling out Kenny Omega, uh, which was really great. I mean, number one, I got to say, like the biggest pop of both nights was Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just goes to show how over he is, especially after like the first, you know, couple of months of, of All Elite. We were so um, maybe unfairly harsh on Hangman Page and, you know, look where he is now. Uh, yeah. Similarly, we were like very harsh on Dark Order and look where and they look are, where are now. now. You know, um, and, yeah. so... Very, very interested in this. Uh, Hangman Page came out and you know, obviously to challenge for the AEW belt. Uh, mm-hmm. He's finally gotten over the hump, so to speak, and is not afraid of Kenny Omega anymore. He wants the title shot. Kenny Omega doesn't want to. So it all ends up with a Survivor Series-style match that they're going to yep. do between the Dark Order and the, the Elite, the elite uh, which intrigues me because of the stipulation. The stipulation is if... Dark Order wins, not only does Hangman Page get a title shot, but the Dark Order gets a tag team title shot at the mm. Young Bucks, which Great. is very interesting, right? Yeah. Um, if they don't win, though, if the Elite wins, the Dark Order and Hangman Page will never get a title shot again. Uh, so high-stakes match for a Survivor Series-style elimination match that will happen that fight for the Fallen next week. Uh, what do you think about this? <laughs> Come on, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and good, again... Look at that progress, right? The story, the storyline for for Hangman Page again, such a smooth progress. Mm-hmm. Like this is such a logical progress, right? Like from where he was and where he is now. Yeah. And again, why can't you just do this all the time, WWE? Like this is such simple writing. Look at how they they reform this guy, you know, mm-hmm. like leaning into his failures, then grew him from his failures to where he is now. Mm-hmm. You know? And then that the, that friendship with Dark Order is one of my, the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like how how. How um, how weird is it that this weird faction, right? Because it's not a scary faction; it's a weird faction, correct? They they tried to make it <clears throat> initially like scary, but yeah, yeah, uh, but that didn't work. I, yeah, that didn't work. So they made them like lovable losers, I guess. In a way, yeah. And this yeah. weird faction behind him and all that—it just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's so great to see every time when he gets attacked and then, like, Dark Order comes out to defend him. Like, such a warm... It warms my heart. <laughs> because, you know, the thing is, Dark Order has nothing to gain from helping Hemming Page. Except pure friendship. That's how you exactly. know it's true, you know. Yeah. It's not some sort of, like, wrestling type, you know, uh, mutually beneficial relationship. They're just there to support your friend. Correct. Which is so beautiful. I love that kind of story, which is just, you know... Uh, you don't see as much anymore, lah. Mm-hmm. Or if it's done, it's done badly, lah. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen that a lot in WWE. La. Correct, exactly. So I'm I'm so happy to... Di- I, I can't wait to see what happens with this storyline. Like the Elite versus the Dark Order is, is something that uh, has been perfectly built so far. Oh, yeah. And also yeah. another thing that is a bit like uh, two years in the making because the Dark Order first attacked the Elite like two years ago. Uh, <laughs> exactly. in, the de- in their debut, you know. So it's finally coming to a hit. But they've switched uh, alignments. Now one is... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was so smoothly switched. Very smoothly switched, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they, they've... I mean, one thing we've always complimented AW on is how they're able to learn from their mistakes and, and you know, swerve away from bad decisions yeah. and lean into the good ones, listen to their fans, you know. Yeah. Something that WWE always says that they want to do, you know, oh, now this is the new era, we're going to listen to our fans. Then two years of terrible booking and then Triple H comes out, it's like, oh, now we're going to listen to our fans. It's the new era, it's all about you. <laughs> and then, like, it just, like, hasn't happened. Nah, uh, AW and- has been talking, the, walking the talk also, Oh, 100%, you know. Yeah. Um, another big thing that happened was the disillusion of Team Taz. Um, so Taz was tired of the bickering within his unit. So he made an FTW title, by, uh, t- title match between Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taz claimed that a match between the two would be good to clear the air, get the frustration out through the violence in the ring, you know. Like, just fight it out, you know, and then you can yeah. be bros afterwards. Uh, so Taz talked like a constant coach looking out for what's best for Team Taz. Uh-huh. However, a swerve was in the works yep. to take the FTW belt away from Brian the Machine Cage. Yep. Um, I thought Brian Cage and Ricky Starks coming back from neck surgery. Uh, he looked great. He does. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it's also nice to see Cage focusing on the damaged neck, you know, because it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then like it, on the flip side, Starks trying to injure Cage's bicep, which you know he's had multiple surgeries on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the emotion of the match was palpable. The swerve at the end was unforeseen. Uh-huh. Um. I, I thought it was a great technical match. It was a great story. Uh, this is the type of mid-card feud that, like, WWE doesn't have. You know, their top of the card is stacked, right? Yeah. But, like, the mid and lower cards, just they don't seem interesting. But even if you're in the middle or lower positions in AEW, I feel invested as well, as I was with this team test storyline. What about you? Uh, again, uh, yeah, so the direct comparison would be uh, team test and um, MVP. Right, right. Hurt business, yeah. Hurt yeah, business, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that Hurt Business disappeared and how these guys now disillusion, right? Mm-hmm. Is this build was so much more uh, exciting. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks is... I kind of like him on the mic. Oh, yeah, no. Since the NWA days, I've always thought it was a great mic work. He is, mic right? Worker. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the other two guys who, are not, uh, I, who I'm not too sure of, Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Hook is Tez's son. Uh, oh, and, yeah, okay. and powerhouse hops is just this new like Mark Henry s character like, you know his powerhouse right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's just great uh just great uh what you got a muscle uh, for him muscle yeah because yeah, of yeah. the fact the Brian cage is a huge piece of shit oh yes yeah uh, we we enough powerhouse hops is the one guy that CM Punk singled out as his dream match if he were to join AEW so oh. he sees some he sees something in him like, you know? yeah I can I mean yeah why not mm, eventually. Correct, correct. 
Yeah, yeah. So I uh, like I love the whole story. Um, yeah. you, you know what what I noticed from this particular ending sure. is that like Tess and and Brian Cage have been kind of like disagreeing or or butting heads for a few months now. Yep. But T- Tess has always been insistent on keeping Brian Cage despite Ricky Starks and Hook and Paul Hosop saying that um, Brian Cage is a disruptive influence. Now he's being too babyface, you know, like he 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 made peace with Sting, he's too honorable now that kind of thing, you know. Mm. But Tess has always had his back. He doesn't want uh, Brian Cage to leave. But now I finally realize why that's the case. He couldn't let Brian Cage leave with the FTW title. He wanted it back. He wanted it back because it's his belt, right? It's this yeah. outlaw belt that he introduced back against FTW. He needed to take it off him first. Can... I think that's that's very good subtle story. Exactly. Can I just say yeah. that this is like what? The D storyline? D? E? Yeah. Somewhere and it's low, still fun. Uh, it's fun. Yep. Exactly. When, and we still know what's happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's how great it is that we know that the D storyline, E storyline is still getting the attention from us because it's logical. It has it has moved on. Like it is moved on to like uh, like in a story lah, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this is the climax really lah, you know, for, for the FTW title that that turn, you know. Mm-hmm. Something that is missing that you don't ever see in the WWE. I'm sorry we keep comparing it to WWE, but that's the biggest company out there and we, we love the WWE, so you know. Of Not course, just. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of comparing things to the WWE, uh, Christian Cage and Matt Hardy had their first uh, <laughs> televised match. Uh, wow. Um, this is still a crazy fact that, like a crazy statistic, right? Mm-hmm. That this is their first ever yeah. singles match together. Okay, okay. Like when I last said that, right? Like this is the first singles match ever. Uh, somebody on Twitter corrected me saying they have had a bunch of house show matches before. Yeah, but that's not counted. Uh, televised. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the first televised match happened on All Elite Wrestling, which is uh fucking insane, <laughs> Um, as we speculated on our last episode, Christian Cage and Matt Hardy probably like can't go like they used to back yeah. in two thousand one or nineteen ninety nine. You know? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, they are more established psychological veterans right now. Uh, agreed. Who know, who know how to work a long match without big spots and still make it feel compelling. Yep. Um, I thought, like, despite the fact that the fountain of youth is gone, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, but they still put on a very solid story-driven match, which, yeah. I, which I enjoyed, yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was those kind of, like, uh, if, you, you, if you've gone to, like, races and all that, right, those uh, athletics races, right? Oh, yeah, There'll yeah, be yeah. this one race where it's, like, the people who are 45 and above. Mm. Like, they might not be as fast, but it's still compelling, Correct, correct. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's fun to see these veterans, you know, who, who we've loved and grew up with. You know, especially Matt Hardy in his uh, second career renaissance in uh, Impact and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then WWE after that for a while more. But like to see where these two guys are and them just going at it, it was fun. It was fun to watch. Mm. And yeah, it was again what I expected it to be. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh- for the people saying that CM Punk uh, has been out of wrestling for too long, he'll be too rusty. I would like to point you to Christian Cage and it and Itch, who <laughs> haven't wrestled longer. Than like CM ten Punk. years, I think. Yeah, ten years or so, right? You know, a yeah. decade. You know, and they came back and they were still they still look good. They could go. And and they are and these guys are ten years older than That's CM true. Punk. That's true. Yeah. So like, I would just like to say like, if you think CM Punk can't make a comeback, I mean, look at Christian and look at Itch. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, 100%. And I really like the Christian Cage uh, kind of teaming with Jurassic Express now. He almost feels like their de facto um, uncle. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
you know, uh, feuding with the the Hardy, uh, the Hardy front office, the HFO. Um, yeah. very, very cool. I really like the direction for this. Uh. Um, in minor notes, uh, Sammy Guevara defeated Wheeler Utah. Um, yeah. Wheeler Utah is the new member of Best Friends. He coming mm-hmm. over from mm-hmm. NJPW. I I do have to say though, Wheeler, Wheeler Utah for a ver- for a young two hundred five live type wrestler. Mm-hmm. He look he's very good. Uh, he's been putting. He's been. I know he's in a jobber position here, but I I have seen a bright future for Wheeler Utah. Yeah, uh, me too. I mean, I also enjoyed his uh, fight uh, on night two. Yes. Against W. Allen. Correct, correct. So, like, he's making the young stars of AW look good, but he also doesn't look bad in comparison, you know. Correct. Because uh, Sammy and Darby were, like, taken to the edge with uh, with this young guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Sammy looked incredible in this match, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 so did Wheeler. Uh, and, and Darby Allen you know, looked tough as nails, you know, coming back from the coffin match and everything. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the highlight of this is actually Wheeler Utah, and I think he has a bright future. Uh, for him, like, wherever he ends up, you know. Uh, Sammy and Darby uh, gained uh, not easy wins, but uh, signature wins, you know, because like, they look good doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki uh, has returned from Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling and mm-hmm. defeats Penelope Ford in a match. Uh, one note, Andrade was interviewed by Alex Abrahantes here yeah. uh, on night one, which I'm going to tra- use this to transition to night two because let, let's combine... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the story let, does go on to night two. Let's combine the Andrade story because Andrade introduced... And and look at this. This is this is one of the things that was buried by CM Punk and Darren Bryan and Cena and all that, you know. Yeah. Fucking Chavo Guerrero they did that on AEW. <laughs> um as uh, as his executive, executive consultant. Yeah. Uh, which is he's a manager. Like, let's let's just put it that way. Like. Yeah, but because so he's a there's so many managers, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. So yeah. but okay, one thing is I, I, I always thought that Andrade didn't fit with Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, me uh, too. so I like that Vicky like still kept it in the family. Like it's still it's still managed by the Guerreros, but like yeah. you give him a different Guerrero. This time Chavo Guerrero Jr. I pop, uh, man. And the pop from him from the live crowd was great. Because I was always worried. Like Chavo was one of those guys who was always overshadowed by Eddie, right? Of yeah. You know, but Chavo in his own right is a very, very good pro wrestler. He was uh, one of I, the best two or five guys, remember? He was one of the best two or five guys. In fact, one of Jericho's retirement matches, I really hope that he wrestled Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, me too. You know, a bit of a WCW cruiserweight division throwback. You know, like yeah. I, I and I, I hope like uh, I actually hope MGF calls out um, uh, Shavo for one of the matches. You know, so that that would be great. That would uh, be great. Really great. Like just to just to wrap up, uh, night one, uh, Carl Anderson takes on John Moxley, uh, for the IWGP United mm. States Championship. Yeah. Of course, John Moxley retains here, as we all expected. But I do have to say that a lot, a lot of people kind of forget that Carl Anderson is a good wrestler, uh, and he can go, mm-hmm. uh, and because he's just been so like poorly used back during the Good Brothers days back in the WWE, right? You just yeah. think of them as like this comedy act talking about penises and stuff yeah. like that. Carl, but... Carl Anderson is a legit. He made it to the G One Finals a few years ago, you know. Correct. He's, Before he's WWE, yeah, yeah, and, and for Moxie's comeback, you know, he was on a paternity leave. Uh, now now he's back, and he wrestled a really good match against Alexander. I do have to say, he did. Uh, let's transition with the IWGP United States Championship because I did not, I I, I never expect uh, another promotion's belt to be switched on AEW. On AEW, okay. Although I should have because they've switched the NWA Women's Title. Yeah, that's on, what I was gonna AW. say. He's not the first yeah. belt to ever done that. So like I mean it still blows my mind that stuff stuff is happening like the forbidden door is so wide you know that yeah. that they they could do this type of things you know but it still surprised me when Lance Archer took on John Moxley and won by knockout mm-hmm. in the Texas Death Match to become the new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion in the main event of night two. Yep. Uh, holy shit! This match. Okay, if you thought the coffin match was crazy, 
Oh this, my goodness! This, this, this was, was a bloody mess, man. <laughs> this it was a crazy event. There was one time that he had like the, the nail or whatever that he, he kept stabbing John Moxley in the head with a fork. A fork, yes, it was a fork. What the fuck was that? Yeah, man. Like I know, I know, it's not like fully like he's stabbing him with a fork, lah. Yeah. But the visual of it was brilliant, you know. Oh, 100 percent. And know, I like um, that they started before the bell. Oh, of course, of course, you know. I, I love that AEW mentioned their Tokyo Dome uh, match as well, the, the first yeah. Texas Death match. And then they, they recreated some of the spots here, but with added uh, brutality. You know, mm, like, like mm. instead of the double instead of the double table spot, now it's double tables with barbed wire. You know, oh. it's just like they, they one-upped everything, <laughs> la, you know. <laughs> they did. La. It was yeah. fun to watch them going to the crowd, you know, blah, blah, blah. The usual death match tropes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Texas Death Metro. Moxie Tropes. Moxie Tropes, yeah. It was fun to watch. And I like how Lance uh, Archer was able to overcome all this. Also, like, that he stepped up to the plate and like he matched Moxie for all the brutality that Moxie was dishing out. He also dished out his set his brutality on Moxley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, enjoyed the spots here. Uh, one of the recurring themes of the match that I really, really enjoyed, right, is that Moxie turned out to be the vehicle of his own destruction. You know, everything that Moxie set up was used against him. Uh, remember when Lance Archer set up the two chairs for, for a choke stamp through the chair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Moxie was like, he escaped that, and then he turned the two chairs around to so the yeah. spines of the chairs face each other. Yeah. You know? But then he was the one who got, you know, fuck, <laughs> yeah. fuck, fucked up by that. Moxie was the one who introduced the fork, but in the end, it was the fork that played against him. Moxie yeah. was the one who put the barbed wire onto the two tables. Correct. But then he... he that, was that the yeah, so he was he kind of engineered his own destruction there. And I like the I like the ending where sure Moxie was quote unquote knocked out, but he wasn't really like he was trying to get up, but his clothes were stuck to the bark wire so he couldn't get up, you know. Yep. So I like I I love that little wrinkle there. It keeps Mo- it keeps Moxley looking strong. Yeah. Uh while, while at the same time giving Lance Archer a legitimate win. Uh one thing I do have to say about Lance Archer is that he lately in AW or throughout his entire career in AW mm. has been almost like the the challenger that cried wolf. Because uh. he, he has won every single match and look at all his losses. I looked this up on Cage Match. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, all of Lance Archer's losses, right, have come from title matches. Oh, so he always gets very, very close. Yeah, so he 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 his challenge for the TNT title before, his challenge for the AEW title before, he's always, always lost it at, at that. Oh. Like, so I'm glad that he fight. You gotta give him a title win because after a while you cut you yeah, 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 seriously, yeah, yeah. right? Correct. You correct, know, correct. Uh, and like he finally got his big win here la, for the IWGP United States Championship. And you know what the cool part about this is that AEW, right? Yeah. They don't di- they don't dilute their roster with needless mid-card titles. You know? Uh-huh. They don't have a US championship and an IC championship and a cruiserweight championship and North American championship. Rather they take championships from other promotions and use it as make-up titles, which is interesting. Hmm. You know, with the NWA Women's title, yeah, the Devil Ida- title, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the IWGP US title here. Uh, I think it's interesting that they're using other companies' belts uh, as make-up titles because I remember Kenny Omega defending the AAA Mega Championship title uh-huh. on Dynamite as well. So it's it's a thing that happens, and I like it. I really, really like it. Me too. I mean, actually, that makes sense. Like, you don't have to like have thousands of belts and a lot of the belts can go on, like move on. Let's say you, you don't have any storylines for them. Yeah, you can travel just... to another... Yeah. Yeah, it's not just a piece of shit that, you know, is there. Uh, this is what we wanted the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship to be. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hmm. Like it's a traveling boat. Oh, this this brand that has nothing for it, it can go back to NGPW. Oh, Impact wants it. Let's let's do a match at Impact. You know. So I mean, there, yeah. there's so many things that you can do here. You know, or or even you know, and NGPW strong. You know, Moxie defended against Kenta there. So yeah, uh, it doesn't dilute their own championship pool with a bunch of belts, and it 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 really works. Uh. it really works. Uh, for for the mid card here. Uh, interesting side note: New Japan Pro Wrestling's Bullet Club member, son of King Haku. Hikaleo uh, was sitting ringside, right? Watching the, the main event for Fighter Fest Night 2. Because the Hikaleo will get the winner of this match on next week's Dynamite. Either John Moxie or Lance Archer. Of course, it ended up being Lance Archer, you know. Uh, after a rugged, uh, obscene death match, which was very, very good. Okay, when you saw Hikaleo, I, I've, ne- I've never seen Hikaleo wrestle in NGPW. Right there, have I? No, when no. you saw him sitting ringside, right? Did you know he was that tall? No, I didn't. <laughs> like when he stood up and went into the ring, right, and he towered over Lance Archer. Was eight, man. I was like, "What the fuck? This guy isn't." I thought he was Uso sized, you know. I thought he yeah. was like a Jimmy Uso kind of guy, you know. Like, yeah, he yeah, stood yeah. up and he was like a massive, monstrous human being. Wow, wow. This uh, this a uh, big uh, big man fight between Lance Archer and Hikaleo. Looks like it's gonna be a good one next week. Yeah, I think so too. One other highlight from Fighter Fest Night 2 has to be uh, the five labors of Hercules, aka Ooh, the five labors of Jericho. Jericho. Uh, Jericho started out with the five labors. Obviously, if he wins all five labors, he gets another shot mm-hmm. at uh, MGF, which is what he wants, which is very mm-hmm. cool. MGF on commentary was very entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing interesting uh, about this, though, that it was a chess match against Sean Spears was his uh, first labor. The stipulation was that uh, Sean Spears could use the chair, but Chris Jericho couldn't. Uh, <laughs> the match itself was okay. Uh, it wasn't the best, but it was it had cool, entertaining spots. Uh, but it was fine. Yeah. No, it was but, a good starting uh, first match. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But what I really wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the surprise <laughs> afterwards? You know, the, I, I the thought, second I, the the second level. <laughs> I thought like the five labels to Jericho would just be like the pinnacle, like taking on Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, me too. Chris Jericho versus Ron Spears, Chris Jericho versus Antenna, Ortiz, uh, etc., etc. Right? Yeah, exactly. Same, same, same. Exactly. The second labor, uh, MJF says it's going to be a fucking no DQ death match. Uh, not, not against anyone, you know. Uh, but against a man who once-stabbed his opponent in the jugular, quote-unquote, David Arquette. Uh-huh. Uh, a man who once served five years in a maximum security prison for robbing a bank without a mask. That's an idiot, that's why. <laughs> it is Nick fucking Gage from GCW. Murder, death, kill, MDK himself is in right? AEW. And he's gonna fucking kill Chris Jericho. I don't think Jericho understands. Me too, I was so scared. <laughs> what he's in for. I don't think he, he's ever wrestled with like light tubes and pizza cutters, you know, and, and, and knives yep. and shit like that. Yep. Chris Jericho is in, is in for a rude awakening if he's not aware of what, of what uh, Nick Gage is all about, you know. Um, I know you, you only sometimes watch GCW and follow Nick Gage's career here and there. But yeah, here and there. Well, what do you know about Nick Gage? He's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not only that, I mean, because uh, I know him mostly from uh, your recommendations. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Exactly. The Dark, the Dark Side of the Ring episode. The, uh, the documentary, I Am David Arquette. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so where you saw just the glimpses of this crazy thing and then, you know, I went on YouTube, see some of the highlights and I'm like, okay lah, this guy is legitimately a crazy person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Like who's the guy that just passed away? Uh oh yeah, the the ECW guy, right? Like we were saying that Nagesh is like the more recent uh incarnation of him, right? So I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. And, and and we are right to say that, lah. You know, it's it's pretty much New Jack. True, New right? Jack, that's his name. New Jack, absolutely. Yeah, he's a yeah. new New Jack. He's the new, new Jack. He's the new homicide. He's he's the new. He's the the new incarnation. His death match taken to the extreme degree, lah. Can I just then, just uh, add in one thing though? MGF did mention that no one can come out to help him. Correct, yeah. Right? If anyone came out to help him, then it's off, it's off right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's actually a very good way to, like, you know, to, to, to that kind of, like, balance it out. Lah. Oh, 100%, you know, because, like, I feel that you know, it's a nice heel thing to say also because, right? obviously, it's MGF who's the one who's always used to ha- having people come out. Exactly. Right? But, nice, but now, like, Jericho has to, like, go one-on-one with Nick Gage, not in a wrestling match, you know, which I think, like, will be okay. But, like, in... A death no match. DQ match. Yeah, which is I, I don't I don't think it will go to the heights of the GCW death matches, uh, but it will indeed be insane. Uh and and I think more extreme than mainstream audiences are used to, uh shall we say? Like the WCW yeah. fans who watch the who watch AW now, right, would not be used to this. Uh. Dude, I, I watch death matches until now, I still not used to it. Like oh, whenever yeah. I watch it, I'm still not used to it. So yeah, I can only yeah. imagine. We 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 are like we watch pro wrestling for this podcast, so we watch uh, death matches. I and I've seen quite a lot, and I I still can't take it. It still churns my stomach. Yeah, a bit. it's not it's not for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So in order to take on Nick Gage, Jericho realizes that he needs to be the most violent and demented version of Chris Jericho that ever was, which was the NJPW painmaker version of Chris Jericho. Yeah. And can I just say how laughably stupidly cheesy this was? It like was. you know, he he's standing with his back to the camera, right? Yeah. And like as if like like Alex Marvez doesn't know that he has the face paint on, <laughs> and then he turns around, he has the face paint, and he puts on his his fedora, <laughs> and then and then he hisses at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, okay. If if this is the extreme version of Jericho, right? He's in for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I can I cannot think of any reiteration of uh, Jericho over the past twenty years that will be able to do this. I know it's um and and also okay the painmaker was cool when he was taking on Naito and all that right but yeah. the way that the way that this was presented here it looks so stupid like so corny right like this middle <laughs> this middle aged man thinking that he can put on like face paint and wear his little fedora and his spiky jacket and he turns to the camera and hisses. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like that's supposed to make like Nick Gage afraid right? <laughs> yeah that's why <sighs> oh boy uh, yeah I'm assuming that he's gonna win lah, but what's interesting is how he's gonna win I don't know yeah I have no idea this is like I have no idea this is th- th- therefore why it's so compelling because he has to win the second round he can't be like out in the second round I mean it'll be interesting if he loses too you know it will I mean yeah <laughs> but they cut shots the whole five the five labels thing you know there are a couple of things that they can do, la. Like, but at okay. first I thought it was going to be interferences. But now that you know, that I hear that interferences are not allowed. I'm I'm questioning it, you know, mm-hmm. because Nick Gage has current feuds with Matt Cardona, uh, mm-hmm. over in WC, uh, over in GCW, and he has a current mm-hmm. feud with John Moxley, who is in AEW as as we know, la. So I mm-hmm. thought like one of them could interfere, and then like it spins off into a main event of a future GCW pay per view, you know. Uh, so that could be cool as well. But yeah. now with the no interference thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So, Jericho has to win clean. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. 
It's it's compelling. Uh, in in other <coughs> news and notes from night two, Luke Gallows defeated Frankie Kazarian, the easy hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Darby Allen defeated Wheeler Utah, who looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bigger matches of the night, Doctor Britt Baker DMD retained her belt against challenger Nyla Rose. Um, Nyla Rose tapped out yeah, to the lockjaw, uh, mm-hmm. which was cool. Uh, the match itself, I thought was just okay. It was yeah, kind of it was a little messy actually. I felt a bit a bit sloppy. Hundred percent. Uh, but one of the things I do have to say is also that uh, Britt Baker next to Hagman Page is the most over person on the roster. Yeah. Like, the crowd pop for her was insane. Uh. It was only like Shavo and Hangman got got bigger pops and, and Britt Baker's up there. Uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, but, but the match was the weakest match of the, the first, the, the two nights uh, for me. Absolutely. We we had to talk about Orange Cassidy taking on the Blade as well. Um, not, not so much because of the match. Um... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but because the orange Cassidy stole the knuckles from uh from Blade right and then like yeah. Superman punched him. Yeah. Uh okay, one of the spots of the night didn't happen in the ring. Wasn't a surprise <laughs> entrance. Wait, I okay, can you go first? I think I know what you're talking about. It, it happened during the Darby Allen versus Wheeler Utah. Match. <laughs> I where, know what you're talking about. Where we got like the the greatest face off in pro wrestling history as <laughs> The most meta new school character in pro wrestling, Orange Cassidy, faced off against one of the most old, one of the most old school veterans in pro wrestling thing, and they both did the little like chin kick spot, and the crowd loved it. Like the crowd was eating it up. You know what was best? Sting started it. Yes, Sting started it. Correct. <laughs> Sting started with the, the weak little kick and then Orange Cassidy was like, oh, we're playing that now? Oh, okay. Then they did the, the weak super kick to each other. Uh, and what was interesting, so if you saw in the background, right, W. Allen was pissed off at this. Yeah, W. Allen was like, what the fuck are you doing? What, what are you doing? And I would love if this was the, the, the start of the dissension between W. Allen and, and Sting. Yeah. Like, like, Sting is like, oh, he's here to have a good time. And W. Allen is like, no, you're, you're like causing a distraction in my match, you know? But actually, that wasn't because both of the fighters are down. Correct, yeah. Darby Allen should just focus on his opponent, not, yeah, not look at what Sting was doing. Although, admittedly, right, if I was in the <laughs> ring, I would, I would just be hypnotized by what was happening outside. Yeah, but I like when uh, Sting did the thing with his, uh, the, beat his chest, but like, yeah, yeah. really, really, like, 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 the, the, what? Uh, like, very, very, very slow and lazy, la, like Darby yeah. Allen. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Oh, boy. Uh, Miro cut a promo saying that he will defend the TNT title on mm. August 4th. No opponent yeah. was named, but it doesn't matter because Miro cuts great promos as his yep. new character, yep. Yep. the Redeemer, uh, who sounds like some sort of like Guy Ritchie muscle man, like, you know, who, who works yeah. for like the, the big boss, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. He sounds really scary. And I love his line where he says, um, you know, a lot of people are willing to to put their lives on the line mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Or, for a chance at glory. They're willing to risk their own lives for a shot at the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the same. I'm willing to put your lives on the line too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the twist. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, if you want to die, I'll kill you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, which is oh the boy. perfect is the perfect like logic, you know, like whenever people say I'm gonna I'm willing to die for this, like yeah, I'm going I'm willing to kill you for it then. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Why not, right? You're willing to die? I'll, I'll, I'll happily kill you. You know. Um. Okay. What were like your, your moments of both nights for Fighter Fest? You know, what were your like top, top two or three moments like uh, that that can round off what Fighter Fest was? Because I thought it was an incredible couple of weeks for you. I think for both, both the main events kind of summed up, summed it up quite well. 
uh, choke slam onto barbed wire tables. Yeah. Coffin drop into a coffin. Oh my god. Yeah. That's yeah. the. It's gonna be a top two, right? Yeah. So those yeah. like kind of like I like how those were the impact moments. Yeah. No pun you intended. Know, no pun intended. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Because we're going to talk about seven or three eventually. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. So those those I felt were the like really like uh, highlighted. Yep. This is what AEW's Fighter Fest is. Crazy mm. things. Yeah, I mean, you have Shabo Guerrero debuting as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. You got Sting and, and Orange Cassidy. Um, like, just stealing the show for that, that five minutes. I like that 30 seconds, like not even one minute, I think. Absolutely. And then building up new storylines as well. Uh, yep. the, we haven't, we didn't even mention, like, you know, like the IWGP United States Championship. Change hands. Change hands. Yeah, like, Lance Archer Oh, goodness. Wow. Wow. What a, what a crazy couple of weeks for AEW. And AEW crosses over into. Impact's anniversary, which happened last weekend as well. Uh, did you catch any of Impact's anniversary? Uh, yes, I did. I actually watched the whole thing. Very nice. Okay. Um, mm. Can I just say that the Ultimate X match mm. is mm. one of the coolest stipulations I've seen in the last 10 years of wrestling. Yeah, it's, me too. It's basically a ladder match without a ladder. Yeah, just uh, rope. Not even rope, like a, like like a flat rope. Yeah, you have to you have to basically like climb towards it like using whatever means necessary. Like, you can jump towards it or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so cool. And this match, the first match of the night, Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin versus Chris Bay versus PT Williams versus Rohit Raju versus Trey Miguel. Yep, yep, was yep. One was so insanely innovative. Some of the it spots was. they came up with here, especially you know when they were hanging from the, 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 the correct yeah the top rope, and then they did like the chain submissions. Everyone had the submission <laughs> on one each other. You know that was so good. You know, uh, yeah, there were so many things that you never see before because this and this is the first time I've seen a match like this. Rohit Raju trying to fish hook uh the the belt, you know, using like some sort of wire and a and a rope, you know. It was very cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah. 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 And so much cooler than uh than Alexa Bliss trying to use uh like telekinesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, like th- this was fucking cool. And I thought like it showcased the exhibition splendidly because they knew they were gonna get a lot of new viewers or a lot of mm-hmm. you know crossover mm-hmm. viewers because of Kenny Omega, you know. Yeah. So this is a, this is a one way to announce that Josh Alexander is amazing. Ace Austin is amazing. Chris Bay especially is amazing. Oh, I love Chris Bay. Like, he was uh, my guy. Yeah, P.T. Williams is great. Rohit Raju is a character made for WWE main roster. He's really good. Yep. Uh, Trey Miguel is incredible as well. Trey Miguel, if you don't know who he is, he used to be part of the Rascals, uh, who are now MSK in in uh, mm. in NXT. Uh, so, everybody always said that Trey Miguel was like the best of MSK, and now you kind of you kinda see why they say that. Uh, mm. Incredible match. Was this your first Ultimate X match? Uh, no, I mean... No, you've seen, the, seen... you've seen the AJ Styles ones, right? Yeah, the AJ Styles stuff lah, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I I love uh, the gimmick and I like that they brought it back because I think this was the first Ultimate X match in two or three years, right? I think so, I've never seen it in a while. I haven't oh, seen yeah. it in a while. Yeah. 100%. I love the gimmick, you know. Uh, yeah, me too. Great, great. Uh, other little notes and bobs and highlights. Uh, Chelsea Green recent, re- recently released from the ah, WWE debuted yeah. to team up with her husband, Matt Cardona. Mm. Take on Brian Myers and Tony Dashwood in an intergender tag match. Chelsea Green look good. Chelsea Green look good. You know she's back to her hot mess character, which yeah. I always loved. Yeah. Uh, w Morrissey, former uh, Big Cass, Big Cass, defeated Eddie Edwards. Uh, he looked decent match. The thing about the match is like it wasn't even about the match. It was how W yeah. Morrissey W This... Morrissey looked. Yeah. He he looks. He looks jacked, bro. He looks so jacked, right? The, the yeah. veins on his muscles and the abs and all. Like he looked like he'd been working out and like taking this seriously again. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. W. Morrissey looks like a monster. Great. Uh, I see. Like he, he's like the f- 
like the future superstar for Impact. Oh, 100%, yeah. you know, definitely. It's all the 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 intangibles I feel. Uh, speaking of NJPW crossovers, hey, Juice, Finn Juice. David Finlay and Juice Robinson came out to squash Madman Fulton and Shira. Uh, yep. I mean, nothing. Like, it was just a surprise pop. I yeah. was cool with it. It was like uh, a one-minute match or something. Yeah, Moose took on Chris Sabin in mm. in what was sneakily a really, really good match. It was, Saban right. Being, you know, the baby face coming from behind and defeating yep, yep, Moose. Yep. Yep, it was yep, really yep. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good brothers defeated Violent by Design. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rishwan, uh, Willie Mac, and uh, Rishwan and Willie Mac. And, uh, Your favorite? Fala- oh! <laughs> Fala Bar uh, had, uh, had a surprise tag team partner for this, for this four-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. Ah, your favorite? No right, uh, way, Jose! <laughs> Uh, weirdly enough, uh, he's, he's just called No Way now. No Way, there's no Jose anymore, yeah. Yeah, like No Way just doesn't sound right, right? Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so Falaba came out with No Way with a Congo line, uh, which is great. Uh, yep. the, the only thing I enjoyed about it was that Rich Swan and Willie Mac were like dancing in the ring together to yeah. do that as well because they, yeah. they were digging it. That was cool. Uh, the, the Good Brothers are your new Impact World Tag Team Champions. So, yeah. Which is quite predictable. Uh, uh, took but, over from Violent by Design, right? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about uh, No Way Jose now in Impact? Do you care? I, I personally don't give a shit. I know you don't give a shit, but I think it's a better landing spot for him. Sure. Yeah, I mean, just because they, like, there was no way, actually, yeah, whatever, like, we actually don't care. Like, like okay, like, good for him, at least he got a job, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't begrudge him earning a paycheck. Like. It's just that yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I it's don't not your thing. It's not for you, you know what I mean? It's, his gimmick is not your, your, your thing. You don't, you don't want to watch that. I don't even think he's a good wrestler. He's 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 just average, you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Noe Jose is just yeah, uh, yeah. It's whatever. Mm. Um, speaking of surprises in the core mini Oh, let's night, go! This was great. For the Impact Knockouts Championship, one of my uh-huh. favorite female pro wrestlers outside the WWE, Diona Perazzo, uh-huh, uh-huh. takes on a surprise opponent, a surprise challenger. Yeah. Uh, it is Thunder Rosa from All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> let's go. From- from NWA comes out uh, to deliver the co-main event match, which is very, mm. very good. And then, the match was capped off with a Diano, Diano Perazzo win. Yep. And also a surprise, another surprise return from mm-hmm. Mickey James. Yep, you know, yep, yep. Which was really great. Mickey James comes out to invite Diano Perazzo onto the NWA all-female pay-per-view coming up next month. Let's uh, go. Which is, you know, a, a good call. Diano Perazzo should be there on the all-female NWA pay-per-view mm-hmm. uh, called, called Empower. Uh, but Diana Prasa had a killer line here saying that like why are you out here stealing my stealing my limelight? This mm-hmm. is my moment, this is my era. Why did you take your trash back and go? Oh! Oh! Great, yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> I popped it there, but I was like, oh no, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> Fantastic. So so I, I personally think like Diana Prasa is not just gonna wrestle at NB in power. She's yeah. gonna wrestle Mickey James at NWA. Uh, it power. feels that way. It feels that way, right? Yeah. Y- yep. 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 Oh man. Yeah. And this was. I mean, I I didn't know at that time, but this is the debut of uh, Mickey James. Look. Not debut. She was like a long time in Impact. Uh, way back in the day. No, no, no. I mean, but recently. Oh yeah, yeah. The the surprise return of Mickey James. Uh, sorry, surprise return. Yeah, that's a better way. Yeah. Yeah, because of the the welcome home chance and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, same same thing that they gave to Chelsea Green, Chelsea Greener. So they got two of their stars back uh, mm-hmm. from the WWE. You know, uh, which is good because WWE wasn't using them very well. Yep. And it's always nice to see Thunder Rosa. You know, making the rounds, doing different. Yeah, Thunder Rosa still looks fucking fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah. And AEW is very, very, very good at this at like, loaning out the stars. You know? mm-hmm. uh, speaking of that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the Impact and TNA champion is the AEW champion. Uh, Kenny Omega with Don Callis taking on uh, someone of a Nick Gage caliber in a, in, in a deathmatch setting, uh, Sammy Callahan yep. in a no-DQ match for the Impact World Championship. Dude, like, okay, we've seen the coffin match. We've mm-hmm. seen the Texas Death, uh, the Texas Death match on. Fighting yeah, Earth. we have. I actually felt Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan out brutalized both of those oh, matches. Yeah, they did definitely. Hundred yeah. percent agreed. Yeah. Um, this was a brutal as fuck match. I like the little Sammy Callahan promo before the one where he was looking in the mirror saying that I need, I need you to come. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the little promo that he did to like suck himself up. Yeah, uh, he came uh, out with a pizza cutter straight away and and yep. gashed Omega's forehead. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was he he bloodied semi uh um, Kenny Omega within the first couple of minutes. You know, yeah. And then some of the spots here were were really insane. Uh, and again, the return of the fork, which is yeah. apparently a what new progressing. Yeah, across across all promotions, forks are a thing now. Yeah, and I I guess it's just you know it's scary because it's pointed. You know, and like it, yeah, it could poke out an eye or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like that should be. Oh my god, yeah, the threatening nature of the fog. I've never uh, seen it until a death match. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean all the other stuff, you know, like the tables, the cookie sheets, the, the wet floor sign, the <laughs> lids, the thumbtacks. Like we're kinda used to it, right? You yep. Know? Yeah, but fox uh I'm 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 still afraid of fox. Uh. Me too. Oh my <laughs> god, you know. Can can pull your eye. It can poke your eye. And, and, and again, uh, Omega used the fork to fish hook uh, Sammy Callahan here. Yeah. It looked brutal. Uh. It, it looked did. brutal. You know, um, and like, I'm quite sure Sammy Callahan is like, just go for it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You can imagine him doing that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were barbed wire uh, chairs and tables here. Omega powerbombed Sammy Callahan onto a barbed wire chair. Mm-hmm. He connected on a, on a V-trigger. He did a mm-hmm. Kotaro Crusho onto the barbed wire chair. Mm-hmm. You know, but he... he I think there's one time when Sammy Callahan like tombstone him into a table, I think. Into a barbed wire chair. The same barbed wire chair. Yeah. Oh, there we uh, go, and, yeah. And, uh, Omega uh, kicked out of the tombstone power driver here, you know. Uh, yeah. Then Omega used the classic tactic, the salt in the eyes. Yeah, let's uh, go. Yeah, he blinded Sammy Callahan. He grabbed the referee thinking he was his opponent and laid him out with a power driver that was Sammy Callahan. So the referee was out. Yeah. They, had, uh, they had the whole shenanigans with the ref, you know, and Omega capitalized on the confusion, mm-hmm. whacked him on the head with the, with the title belt, uh, flattened him with a power driver on top of the championship. Uh, the crowd counted to seven for Omega's cover, but then by the time the backup referee arrived, uh, Callahan predictably kicked out. But in yeah. the end, you know, uh, the the good brothers came out. Chris Sabin and Eddie Edwards cut them off. Uh, it all led to, of course, the One Wing Angel, the most protected finisher in pro wrestling, uh, yeah. and he retains the Impact World Championship. So yeah. I want to say one thing: kill, which was, killer which, match. Yeah, yeah, it was a killer match, no doubt. But you know that V trigger, the thumbtacks, the one that he put his knee guard into the thumbtacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the 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 pointy <laughs> ends of the thumbtacks will be on the other side. <laughs> Right? <laughs> so yeah. That, I was like, that's not going to work. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to work because it's a V-trigger, but not because the thumbtacks are like sticking out. <laughs> Perhaps it's reinforced by the jagged steel on the oh, oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> you know, because yeah, the thumbtacks are sticking out, then you like, you know, use the yeah. steel to hit, you know, or something like that, I, I suppose. But yeah, it does kind of not make sense. Yeah, but I do uh, like, like, uh, how Seven Carolina, like, Eat the thumbtacks, you know, that was fed to him by Omega. Mm. Like the thumbtacks actually played quite a vital uh part of this match. Right, right. The the V trigger 
to his face and he spits out the thumbtacks. Oh, yeah, that was brilliantly done. Yeah. So good, you know. Okay, that spot makes sense. Omega throwing the thumbtacks into Callahan's face is a yes. spot that scares me again. Yeah. Because they can blind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the one wing angels onto the 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 thumbtacks was yeah like, that was a great finish. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You know, and one wing angels so protected, nobody is ever kicked out of it. Not mm. Okada, not Moxie, not nope. anyone. You no know? one. Yeah. The show didn't end there though. No, um, it did not. What happened next? In the aftermath of the elite celebration, the lights went out. Mm-hmm. A big screen, a big screen, rolled out a Bullet Club video, yep. and then out came King Switch, Switch Blade J White himself as Impact's final surprise of the evening. No, he comes out. He confronts the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. They throw up the uh, two sweet hand side. It cuts with a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's and- like we don't know whether they attacked him or who attacked who. Like J White looked like he was rushing in to attack them. So a lot of people were very upset by the the cut, you know. Why? But I, but I thought the reason, but I thought the fact that they were upset proved that the cut works. Yeah, it should, because it did. because they were gonna tune into Impact next week to find out. Correct. You know? I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about. Like sometimes AW should like make use of that. Like yeah, the cliffhanger. Uh, oh yeah, la, the, the time is out, and then so you just cut. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Uh, I I really liked it, but apparently what happened was you know from from reports in the audience right, was mm-hmm. like uh, Jay White came out to say to Kenny Omega that he wasn't actually there for him. He but he was intrigued in seeing Kenny Omega. It's like you know this is a rematch. I want to come out to size you up, la, so to speak. But he was actually here for David Finlay, who he, uh, David Finlay. Is oh challenging, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, David Finlay was challenging for the U uh, the never open weight title in the. NJPW resurgence next month in the next uh, pay-per-view for NJPW so he was there to confront David Finlay but he got distracted by uh, by Kenny Omega uh, and then at the mm. end Finjuice actually came out and attacked uh, Jay White but uh, the the good brothers and Kenny Omega like sort of defended him oh, uh, wow. Bullet Club ma. <laughs> sort of la, but like as as I saw on Impact this week because you know but Cliffhanger got me to tune in I don't watch Impact Weekly I only watch the pay-per-views yeah, but but the, the cliffhanger made me watch a regular impact episode, and that's the value of the cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, so Jay White says that like Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers are redundant; they are obsolete; they are no longer good enough to be in a current iteration of the Bullet Club. So he he doesn't want anything to do with them, yeah. uh, Of course, Don Callis says that like you know under Jay White's leadership, Bullet Club just isn't as cool as it once was, like, You know. So who's the one that is like like re- that's redundant and and hanging on to the Bullet Club name? You know, it's Jay White needs it more than Kenny Omega needs it, etc. etc. Yeah. Uh, Jay White approaches Chris Bay, who you might have seen in the uh, exhibition uh, Ultimate X match earlier on. He he offers Chris Bay a spot in Bullet Club, which is interesting. Ooh. Uh, and this suddenly sets up uh, a Impact title match between Jay White and Chris Bay versus the Good Brothers next week on Impact. Uh, great way to continue the story. Um, so they are teasing that Kenny Omega's next challenger mm-hmm. is either Chris Bay or Jay White at the next pay-per-view. And mm-hmm. I think either option is great. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, right. you, do, do you think that like now the Forbidden Door is, you know, obviously super wide open. They are actually going to do Elite versus Bullet Club? I mean, why the fuck not, right? Yeah. Like, it'll be so beautiful to watch. Like, this car, yeah. it, just, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Uh, Jay White, uh, maybe Chris Bay, and maybe they bring in God, right? Yeah, definitely have to bring uh, in God. Then they do a four-on-four match with uh with Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and you know one other member, uh, And I think that would be cool. Uh. they could do it at the AEW show in New York, the one in the fifty thousand seater stadium at Atash. Yeah. yeah, that would be a great main event. 
I think so too. You're right. I mean, I mean, you don't need it to sell tickets, uh, because people are expecting Daniel Bryan there. But I mean, still, it'll be a great main event. Agreed. Um, were you shocked to see Jay White on uh Impact? Because I was. I did not. No, I was shocked. At all. Yeah, 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 same, same, same. Like what? Why is he there? <laughs> oh God! Do you think this is a way to give Kenny Omega another belt? The never open weight title. Wait, he has held it before, though. Kenny. Yeah, he has. No, yeah, yeah, he has, but but now he's the belt collector, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. he can he can add another promotions belt to his you know stacked uh stacked waist. <laughs> yeah, but then NJPW is running out of belts. Yeah, kinda right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right now, the US belt is on Lance Archer. Correct. Who is in NJPW also. Yeah. Uh, then you have... Yeah, the, the, the never open weight belt. I'm not talking yeah. about the tag team stuff, by the way. I'm just talking about the, mm-hmm. the singles belt. Yeah. Uh, then you have... Now, I mean, you don't have the IC belt anymore because it's been combined, right? With the main belt. Correct, yeah. So that's it. Uh. But what if they give him the never open weight championship? As a peace offering to Kenny Omega, I'm sorry, blah blah blah. Why don't you come defend this at uh, Wrestle Kingdom next year? You know, kind of thing. <gasps> and then they set up a year long feud for him to go for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, like you know the thing about like uh, other promotions giving Kenny Omega's belts is not to promote uh, AEW. You know, the the reason they're giving him all these belts is so that he will appear on their shows. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you a belt. We get a main event with Kenny Omega. Why not? There's a win-win, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they give Kenny Omega the never open with belt, and you know Kenny Omega has had beef with NJPW's old management, but this is new management now. Mm. Like if they, if they can tease him for like you know a Dominion or a Wrestle Kingdom appearance here and there to defend the belt, I think it's worth it uh, to give up one of their mid card titles. You know. Oh my god! Yeah. Mm. That's not a bad idea, and oh my god! Yeah. It'll add so much color to the to everything. Oh, whoever, absolutely. Whoever is involved, right, will benefit from it. Yeah, and who doesn't want to see Kenny Omega versus Jay White? I kind of want to see that so bad. You know, you know. Like, I just really hope that, you know, whenever their contracts run out, like Finn Balor and AJ Styles, like, mm-hmm. and, and Adam Cole, actually, to be honest, just get in on this whole Bullet Club thing once again because they, they were ex-Bullet Club members. Two of them mm-hmm. were leaders too, you know. Gosh, oh my god. Um so excited for the Forbidden Door. Uh and, and everything that's going around it. Like it feels like the whole pro wrestling world outside the WWE has ramped up like yep. a notch. And mm-hmm. and every month it keeps getting crazy and crazy. Jay White is here, Kenta is here, uh, Lance Archer wins an NGPW belt on on Dynamite, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh Impact's getting in on it. Like I think ROH is the only one that's not in on it right now, so they should get in on it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I just feel like WWE's product is just so uh, less interesting, like, shall we say. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I would say it's like less interesting these days because of yeah. this, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's move on. Speaking of like, WWE, let's move on, move on to the money in the bank. WWE <laughs> 2021. It kicks off with a women's money in the bank match. Uh, obviously, whoever wins the briefcase gets a title shot and can cash in at any time. Um, it was uh, Nikki Ash versus Alexa Bliss versus Asuka mm-hmm. versus Liv Morgan versus Naomi versus Natalia mm-hmm. and Tamina and Zelina mm-hmm. Vega. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about this match, man. I didn't like it. Uh, it was boring as F. <sighs> yeah, yeah. You know what, what made it boring for me was like the Nikki Cross stuff. Uh, not Nikki Cross, sorry. The Alexa Bliss stuff. Yeah. I didn't really give a shit. 
Like, like the, the the spooky hokey pokey shit, like it doesn't fly like, for me. Especially nope. in a ladder, especially in a ladder match when I want to see like the when I want to see people falling off ladders, you know. I don't want to see like telekinesis and hypnosis and all of that, you know. Agreed. Like it didn't make any fucking sense. Like, you know when Zelina Vega like suddenly locked eyes and then uh, and then like Pat McAfee was nearly breaking, like he nearly broke. Like he laughed out loud, right? Almost, yeah. right? He yeah. was like, What the fuck's happening? Mm-hmm. And then like he nearly called it out, but like he managed to like <laughs> nah, came in character and then he, the line that he said like you know don't look at the psycho next time yeah yeah abs- <laughs> absolutely um, do you see the, the thing is right, I like the result of this I think Nikki Cross for the longest ah, time yes. has deserved a spotlight Nikki Cross 100%. Been trend, since way back in the NXT days right you know? yep. and, and I think this Nikki Ash character while not being what I would want for her I, like, I don't think it's appropriate for her I think creative has given her a shit angle uh, but I think Nikki Cross is doing her best to make it work, and I think she's she doing spectacularly. Yeah. Uh, and and in the end of the day, I'm happy for Nikki Cross that she gets this spotlight because the next night on Raw, Nikki Cross cashes in on like Charlotte Flair to become the new Raw Women's Champion, and I'm super happy for Nikki Cross. I think she super deserves it. Agreed. I may not be happy with her gimmick, but I'm happy for the person. Uh, are you? Same. Like, come on, man. We loved her. Remember when she had that craziest ladder match with like, Asuka in NXT? A last Woman Standing. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Last woman standing. There were ladders involved. Sorry. There were ladders involved, yeah. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, damn, that was a great match, right? Oh, 100%. One, yeah. one of the best matches of the of the NXT era and of yeah. the NXT women's era, which says a lot like, because of the stacked women's division. That Correct. And you know, Nikki Cross had this uh, honey badger-like uh, attitude that I kind of miss. La, because now with this, this whole gimmick, it's a different kind of honey badger. La. The almost superhero gimmick. I, I don't know. What do you feel about it? I haven't, I haven't gotten your thoughts about it. What, Nikki Ash? Yeah, Nikki Ash, yeah. I'm okay with it because I was a huge fan of Hurricane. Right, 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 okay. Yeah, so I kind of like, I, I don't mind the gimmick because it always has that underdog feel. You know what I mean? Like, even though you're a superhero, you, you, you know that it, people are making fun of you because you are clearly crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> dressing as a superhero. But then it no. kind of makes sense because you're in wrestling. You know, but but she admits that she's not a superhero. That's what she's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that, like that, that she's self-aware la, and that um, it's 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 a similar vein to Hurricane, like my in my view. And so I kind of dig what's happening. It's just that I do miss the the previous reiteration of Nikki Cross. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that should have been the only iteration of Nikki Cross. Like, because that was that, that was a beautiful. That was like a gem. Like they got it. You know, like everything worked for her when she was that crazy person. Yeah, yeah, she is still to this day the last remaining member of Sanity on the WWE roster. For for good reason. Yeah, I mean because Killian Dane was recently released, also, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Killian Dane is uh, Nikki Cross's husband. Mm, yeah. They wow. Do. Well, I didn't even I, I I didn't even put that connection together. She must have been upset about that, of course, lah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I we forgot to mention this, but uh, the ah. Usos defeated Rey Mysterio ah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Dominic Wonder- Mysterio mm. on the kickoff show to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Mm. Uh, the Usos win the SmackDown Tag Championships. Do you think they deserve it? Especially after uh, one of the Usos got his third I know, DUI. DUI. I know. I in mean, a one year. No, no, no. Not third overall. Third in one year. You know, third, this, yeah, third in one year. And oh, it is definitely a problem. And like a week after, they reward him with the belt. Whoa. I am guessing, okay, from what I understand or the speculation is that there is a lot of People that have vouched to take care of him. 
you know, but like, I, I'm all for giving someone a second chance. No, I know, I understand. But DUIs are not funny because you can hurt people. And also, it's not, it's not like weed. Yeah, I know. It's not like weed where it's just, you're, whatever, like, I, I don't really give a shit about weed. RVD was released for weed. No, exactly. I know, I know. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, but it's not, DUIs are, are harmful because of the fact that you can kill someone. Yeah, he put yeah. people's lives at risk, you know. Yeah, and just because exactly. this is the third third time in 365 days that he was caught doesn't mean that it was he only did this three times. You know for you to be caught three times, you know how many times you do it every, you know like every week? Exactly. So I'm it, just curious it, about how why is he not like his license is not suspended or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, just get, <laughs> fucking get Naomi to drive for him or some shit, right? Yeah, I mean yeah, this is very confusing because yeah, it it is a conflict because of the fact that I love what they're doing. Yep. But in real life, this is not something that you want to promote. Lah. You, yes. know, you don't want a champion who is known to be driving drunk all the time. Yeah. Um. From what yeah. I've heard, the WWE management were very upset with him, but he is untouchable right now because he's too integral to the Roman story. Correct. And that's yeah. why... And But the people in the Roman story, like from the creatives to the to the, his brother, to Roman himself, all of them have kind of like put their um, support behind um, behind him. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know what I actually love? We actually addressed this when the Usos came backstage to Roman's locker room, right? And then said like, hey, we won the tag team uh, belts, you know? <laughs> yeah, like we, we got gold all over us, you know, aren't you proud of us, you know? And then like Roman looks at, uh, looks at Jay and then he just likes... You know what you did, you know. Don't, don't 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 like talk big, you know. He just like he just says you know what you did, and then yeah. like he looks sheepish and like uh, ashamed of himself as yeah. he should be. You know? Yeah. So that was the only moment they addressed it, and I actually like that moment. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, next up, and we won't talk much about these matches, but uh, AJ Styles and almost defeated the Viking Raiders Eric and Ivor by pinfall. Uh, it was the tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, Bobby Lashley with MVP squashed the shit out of Kofi Kingston in a singles match for the WWE Championship. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a squash like this on a pay-per-view since John Cena was squashed yeah. by Brock Lesnar. It felt the same. Yeah. You know? the, the crowd was so like, Kofi, let's go Kofi. You know, like it was chanting for Kofi Kingston the whole way. But the comeback was just not there. Bobby Lashley just fucking murdered him and then yeah. they didn't even want to pin him. You know, He was just like making Kofi suffer. And mm. and despite the crowd chanting, they just never paid it off, you know, and they just like squashed him. <laughs> that was so scary. Um as much as I love Kofi Kingston, I actually felt like this was the right move to go. I know, and this is a very unpopular opinion. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of uh wrestling like news sites and all that hated this angle. Correct, yeah. But like I feel that this was kind of like defining for Bobby Lashley. Very considering his next opponent, yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of down with that. Like, I don't mind because Kofi Kingston has, like, tons and tons of experience, you know. Like, he can bounce back quite easily. I mean, he'll never be a champion again, I feel. Mm-hmm. But he'll always be at the mid-card to upper mid-card kind of situation. And I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that, that he can make a lot of money doing that instead of, you know, going for the championship and all that stuff. Yes, uh... And considering his next opponent, who debuted, not debuted, returned mm. in a surprise on the, on Monday Night Raw the next night. Yep. Bill Goldberg, the old man himself, is challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Uh, how yep. do you feel about this? Uh, I don't know. I want him to lose. 
Yeah, no shit. He's gonna lose. Uh. <laughs> That's all. He better lose. That is all. <laughs> and I want Bobby Lashley to to squash him the way that he squashed Kofi Kingston. Same. Yeah. Like, but, like this. That's the only way it works. If he doesn't squash Goldberg to yeah. the extent of how he did Kofi Kingston and Kofi Kingston squashing meant nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. But but you know how a Bogo match is. Uh, it's gonna be like two minutes of finishes spamming. You know. Yeah. But as long as uh, Goldberg at the end of it, I don't mind. Yeah, as long as Bobby Lashley stands tall, I'm yeah. okay with it. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. The but who knows like, Goldberg once squashed the Fiend at the height of the Fiend's popularity, you know, to win yeah, the belt. That fucking happened. So you never know like, what WWE is gonna do. Yeah, it's a weird company, I tell you. It's a fucking bizarre company, man. Uh anyways, mm. moving on in Money in the Bank. Okay, this one I love. The men's mm. Money in the Bank match. Match of the night, in my opinion. Biggie, mm. Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, Ricochet, Matt mm. Riddle, and Seth Rollins put on an instant classic Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Uh, and probably the only reason I felt this was an instant classic was because last year's Money in the Bank was such a disaster with the, the cinematic match that they filmed, you know? Uh, mm. So getting back in front of a live audience, doing the, the ladder spots and all that, you know? Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of people forget because of his booking, but Ricochet is insane. Mm-hmm. Like the kind, the kind of stuff that Ricochet can do, you know, mm-hmm. when he was tipped off the ladder and then he he rebounds off the top rope into a yeah. swanton yeah. to the outside. That's fucking insane. I love that. Um, Kevin Owens, oh, you know, he's crazy. He does a lot of big spots. As mm-hmm. does John Morrison. Yep. Uh, Matt Riddle's reaction to that Ricochet spot almost made that spot better. You know, <laughs> almost made it better. It was almost better than the spot. His look of like utter yeah. disbelief at what Ricochet did. You know. Yeah. Um, Seth Rollins and John Morrison at first arguing about who was the drip god and then teaming <laughs> up, you know. That was good too. Yeah, um, everything about this match was it worked. Everything worked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, your thoughts about the the match in more detail? Okay, so first of all, uh, great like weird storylines that were happening also, right? Sorry. Say again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Jinder Mahal. Jinder what? Mahal came out to attack. Uh, Drew uh, McIntyre. They are feuding at the moment. Like, yeah, so yeah. Okay. So it makes sense. Yeah. You know, and and then like I kind of like that because it took out uh, Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. I mean, that storyline can continue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Ricochet. It was great. He he was on form, but I feel like the big story obviously is Big E Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, he was everything in this match. He was great with in uh his crowd work was good. Uh, his moveset was uh, still very crisp and fresh. Uh, there was this just power behind Big E that I I, I feel that they barely utilize a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, so you can again see like, oh, Big E is, yeah, Big E is definitely a main eventer, you know? Mm-hmm. So it had that feeling. Lah. So I'm glad that he won the, the, the I think it's the first time winning the money in the bank. Yep. So yeah, I can't wait for him to cash it out. Lah. And, um, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, to see, like, because like, we've already seen Kofi as world champ, and yeah, it was a good, I mean, a decent run, but it wasn't, a, it was a still a disappointing run for us. Yep. So let's see whether Big E, you know, given that that highlight, you know, the the, the big belt, the, the main guy of WWE, see whether he can roll with it. I think Big E, as an all around performer, is the strongest member of the New Day. Right uh, now, yeah. He has been a main eventer since his NXT days, to be honest. Like, what what took them this long? You know, it's it's a bit like Cesaro, right? Like, what took you this long to recognize that he's a great wrestler? You know, like Biggie and Cesaro should have been main eventers. Like, well, one of the ago. problems is that part timers, Part timers made it take this long, 
Of your Bill Goldbergs, your John Cena's, your The Rock. Mm-hmm. You know, the Brock Lesnar's. A lot of reasons. But apart from that, also lousy booking. Lah. Of course, you know. Biggie, but Biggie absolutely deserves this and I can't wait for him to claim the belt. Lah. Same. Uh, a couple of spots I want to mention is Rollins power bombed Ricochet from the top of the ladder onto a ladder outside. Yeah, that was uh, good. That's insane. Big E ended, not with a big ending, but with a ginormous ending to Seth Rollins as he oh. delivered a big ending from the oh. top of the ladder. Oh. 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 <laughs> uh, that was so beautiful. <laughs> fucking insane. And Big E wins it. Like, uh. it's, it's the best. Uh, that's the, and, last, and, the move, last move of the match, all right? Big E uh, taking yeah. uh, the, uh, Rollins to the big ending. Uh, the biggest ending, shall we say, because yeah. it was from the top of the ladder, right? Yeah, was, the biggest ending. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. Biggie absolutely deserves this one. And spoiler alert, like, this is my prediction for what happens during Bobby Lashley's Bill Goldberg. Uh, Biggie cashes in on them. Like, the, ma- the match has no finish because Biggie cashes in in the middle of it. Uh, and then, like, I... he, he either pins Goldberg or he pins Lashley. You know what? I really want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of... I, I know he doesn't need it, but yeah. Uh, protect Goldberg, lah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he, mm. could, or he could pin Goldberg to protect Lashley because Lashley needs protection more than Goldberg. Goldberg is not a, a full-timer, you know? Exactly. That's why yeah, I pin so, Goldberg. So he cashes in a la Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, you know, makes it a triple threat match, pins Goldberg after <laughs> after a power slam, and then Bobby yeah. can be all like, oh, you never pin me, etc., etc., which leads to a one-on-one match between them, lah. Yeah, agreed. agreed. It's, it's the simplest storytelling, la, and the simplest, which is why I think that Rabi won't do it. La. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come in some convoluted way. You just know it. <laughs> I know, yeah. And he, they, all, they always, without exception, maybe once in a while, la, they have to the same reaction, but most of the time, they pick the worst possible option available. Yeah. Like the MCQ has like a hundred choices, and they pick like, the worst <laughs> the one. The worst one. <laughs> Like all 99 choices would have been good, but you wanted to pick that one really shitty one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, the one choice that they have never gone wrong on, though, is fucking mm. Roman Reigns, especially in his current iteration. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go to Roman Reigns, don't you want yeah. to talk about the Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte? Oh, I forgot. I skipped over that match. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley by submission for the to claim the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Obviously, uh, Nikki Nikki Ash cashed in on Charlotte the next night, mm-hmm. but before then, this match happened. And what I really want to talk about with Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley was this was sneakily the best regular right. match of the night. Yeah, agreed. Yes. A- and and what I want to say is kudos to Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley because the crowd were giving them so much shit with the we won Becky chants yep. in the beginning to the point where Charlotte Flair got so fed up she gave the middle <sighs> finger to the crowd. Mm. Uh, to the point where, like, the stream had to cut out, right? To, to cut yeah. her middle finger, you know? Yeah. That was fucking hilarious, you know? And then, I think, I actually feel like the crowd accidentally amped them up to deliver a match of the year contender. Dude, they after like, that, the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Yeah, they were like, oh, you want Becky, huh? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then, then they, they, were like, they were like, basically, this is why you're not going to miss Becky. <laughs> and then, like, just slam after yeah. slam. <laughs> they, uh, you know, like the, the, the thing is, like, I get where the crowd is coming from because Rhea, yeah, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Seen has me. has happened many, many times, and none of their matches have been really great, mm-hmm. you know. But then the crowd egged them on, and they were like, you know, fuck y'all, <laughs> you know, let's deliver <laughs> a really great match. Yeah, and then they did. Uh, and I in the what thirty plus years I've been watching pro wrestling, yeah. I have never seen a two a, a a false finish as close as this one. Oh shit! Yeah. That's true. Dude, like, do you think there was a three count? Like, I thought there was a three no, count. That, I, it felt like a 2.99. La. 
I hundred percent believe. Like I yeah. refuse to believe that it was not Shikong <laughs> until I saw the replay, the the slow motion replay, and then the, the yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like it was like in like literally like a millisecond kind of thing. Dude, that was the moment that won the crowd over. The crowd was like, "The fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> but it made sense. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, see, this is the kind of like pros and cons of having a live audience back, lah. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On, on the one side, they can be asshole and chant what during promos and chant mm-hmm. about an un- mm-hmm. an unrelated wrestler, CM Punk, Becky Lynch during other people's matches. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the, the crowd can also spur you to go above and beyond to deliver a match. You know, and all those Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley matches we were talking about happened without a crowd. That's why maybe I felt like they didn't put in 100%. Mm-hmm. But when they put in 100% here, they, they really showed that they are two of the best wrestlers on the roster. Right? Yeah. Re- regardless of gender, you know? Exactly. Like, it was such a brutal brutal match. I loved it. I like all the submissions that Charlotte's on doing. Mm-hmm. Rare replays. Power is great to see sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it was fun. It was, a good, it was a good match overall. Um. Yeah, Charlotte winning. I know like some people are upset by that. But honestly, I wasn't just because I knew that someone's going to cash in. Charlotte, Charlotte was the definition of a transitional champion. Yeah. She, she had 24 hours for the belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another then, transitional champion. Remember the Miz? Yeah. The Miz is like the men's like transitional champion. Uh, yeah, correct, correct. But this one was like the super, super short-term transitional champion. Uh. We'll, yeah, we'll have mean. you for 24 hours. Uh. But the thing is, right, it was a win-win situation. You get to add up to Flair's uh, title reigns. You know, you get to plus one there. Mm. Closer and to the father's get- record. Yeah, and you get to switch the belt to Nikki Asha, who's a fresh champion. So I've, mm. I actually thought they this is actually quite perfectly booked. Uh, no, me too. One of the rare occasions that they actually did that. Yeah. Uh, on the surface, like, it looks like it was wrongly booked, but actually, if you think about it, no, it's correctly booked. Correct. You know, so like the first half of Money in the Bank, I'm got. I gotta say, I I, I was kind of bored. I was not into it. Same. The second half of Money in the Bank, though. Fantastic. It got me into it. The last three matches in particular, Charlotte versus Ripley, Men's Money in the Bank match, and the main events got me yeah. hyped. Yeah. It was when, like, okay, the last bad match for me was the Raw Tag Team match. Yep. Like, I really didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Same. ugh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, almost has a lot, a lot of work to do, like, before he is, like, competent in the ring. Oh, boy. Uh, almost, right? Uh, he has some of the <laughs> worst selling since the Great Kali. Yeah. Seen, you know? Like, someone really needs to help him with, like... Because it's, it's just that. Just learn how to sell properly. Learn mm-hmm. how to, you know... Because you only got, like, three moves, right? Yep, yep. So, you just... You hone those three moves and learn how to sell properly. You're perfect, really. Because you're a big-ass motherfucker. hmm You know? But, yeah. So, he has so much and so green and so uh, cringy to watch this match. Just yeah. because of almost, I feel. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I think that we covered everything. We can go to the main event. <laughs> Let's get to the main event. Uh, Roman Reigns takes on Edge in their one-on-one match, uh, which was you know supposed to happen at Mania, but then O'Brien intervened, etc. Uh, so it happens here. Um, I gotta say, like storytelling wise, I really enjoy what they're doing. Roman Reigns and Edge. Um, yeah. I think story wise is great. Uh, I thought the match was a little plodding. What about it you? It was. It was. I mean, no yeah. doubt, still fun. But um, it was a bit a bit longish at the beginning, life. You, I thought the last seven minutes were fun. I think like the yes, first exactly, correct. 20, 25 minutes were a bit, eh, you know. Yeah, because it's um, it's not as complimentary because just like I feel like uh, you Roman always needs a, a guy that is um, how you say more of a workhorse. Yeah, kind of. It's very hard to put him with a vet. Unless the match is like five minutes, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but this is since it was going to be a longer match. Yeah, you could feel a bit tired. Like, after a while, I was like, this might be one of the worst uh, Roman Reigns matches. Because like, okay, the thing with Roman is Roman Roman can carry the psychology and the story. Correct. But he, he needs the dance partner to carry the work rate. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which is why Roman versus Kevin Owens, Roman versus, versus Brian versus Rollins, Daniel Bryan and all of that, they work because... They are the second half of that of that partnership. Uh, incredible workhorses, right? Correct. The thing, the thing is, like Edge used to be an incredible workhorse. Exactly, but he's, not, but he's, not he's ten years yeah. older, hasn't wrestled in a while. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I wasn't digging the match, but I like the story being told. Mm-hmm. Uh. Of course, the big story in the end, though, is that uh, motherfucking John Cena comes back to. Ba, 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 ba. I, I gotta say, one of the biggest pops I've ever heard. I popped the fuck out. Dude, the pop was insane. And I was it was very unexpected, by the way. Like, is it just like the two years I've not seen live audiences that made me sound it? But I, I legitimately think that was one of the biggest pops I've ever seen on the no, WWE it was. It was hell yeah. one of the biggest pops. And not only that, but there was this feeling of... Okay, first, you know, like, John Cena took a hit with the whole Taiwan thing. Yes. And kowtowing to China, and then the whole world went against John Cena for that one moment. Yeah. So I did not expect the pop to be that big when he came out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then like I I I felt like a ch- I was like oh my god it's John Cena like yeah. I popped also. Oh man, um, so this is gonna lead to a bunch a series of great Cena versus Roman promos leading up to SummerSlam, <laughs> uh, which I'm really looking forward to. It's the one thing that's gonna get me to tune in back into WWE weekly television because and Cena not- is a great mic worker and Roman is a great mic worker. Now you know because now Roman has been given the reins. What? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Rather yeah. than the the Sakitesh kind of bullshit that he was given the last time. Yep. And like how like how John destroyed him the last time mm-hmm. on the mic. So I feel like this is the way that we can see that uh, Roman actually can uh, bring it back lah and try lah to 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 be on par. Yeah. Um, Plus he also has you know he has a freaking uh what's his face his manager um. What, uh, Roman's manager? Paul Heyman? Paul Heyman. He has Paul Heyman with him, so, you know, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you remember John Cena's promo when he took on The Rock? Yeah. Yeah. You know, The, the, the Rock came back and challenged John Cena, remember? Yeah, it was a part-time promo. Yeah, he said that, like, uh, Cena said to The Rock, you said you'd always be there for the fans, uh, but you're a part-timer, you're over in Hollywood, yeah. doing all these other things, you don't care about pro wrestling anymore. I'm <laughs> here, I will always be here, I'm 100% WWE all the time, full-timer, I go on the road, I do house shows, etc, etc. Yeah. R- Roman should just word forward copy John Cena's promo on the road. Exactly, because remember the last time that this happened, yeah. Roman didn't, didn't take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, he like alluded to it about the part-timer thing, but he didn't push the the point in. So I feel like he has to do the Cena promo from back in the day. I I, mean, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah just word for word, say that you're over, you're in Hollywood, you're not full-timer, you're a part-timer, you're everything you said you wouldn't be, etc. You're a hypocrite, you're a sellout. Yeah. Uh, Remember those that. words, John? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just cut word for word the exact same promo, <laughs> and that's all you need. All Secondly... You need. Instead of acknowledge me as the head of the table, what Roman should say is that you should acknowledge Taiwan. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> she just print shirts that acknowledge Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> deep cut to that one. <laughs> Ah, that would be hilarious. John, John, John. 
John, John, John. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So that was it for WWE Money in the Bank. How would you rate the pay per view overall? A B plus. Yeah, oh, no, a, B. I, I, a B, a B, not a B plus, a B. Yeah, same, a B. Yeah. Uh, because of the second half of the pay per view, which yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then the, the first half, of, <laughs> I nearly yeah. fell asleep. Same here, brother. Mm. Same here. Uh, before we cap it off, I'm going to talk a little bit about RH Best in the World, which happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So just a, a quick little breakdown. There were multiple changes and big happenings at RH Best in the World. We saw three title changes on an eventful night, uh, back in front of live fans. Uh, mm-hmm. As it should, the main, event, the main event gave us the biggest storyline of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roosh, uh, Roosh won the RH World title. Uh, uh, sorry, cool. he, he, Roosh wo- lost the RH World title. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, El Toro Blanco was was done in by his own villainy. Uh, when Bandido scored the pin, when his opponent was arguing with the ref, thought Sinclair uh, over oh, Russia's oh, attempts oh. to rip off Bandido's mask. So yeah, Bandido is the new champion, not Rush, uh, which is very interesting. Yeah, I like it. You know? uh, so the now former champ and his uh, faction in Nobunaga's beat down the new champion after the bell, and the show ended with Rush standing with his foot on Bandido's chest. So you know. There was a there was a nice little cliffhanger there. Mm. Uh, ROH's branch of Los Ingobernables uh, isn't without goal right now though because earlier in the show, Rush's brother Dragon Lee mm. won back a belt that he never lost. He won back the television title. Oh. Uh, back in February, Lee was injured and his teammate Kenny King defended the title in his place, uh, losing to Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Since then, uh, Tony Dippen beat Williams for the strap and defended it in a three-way against Hot Sauce and Lee. So now that... Uh, Dragon Lee is back. He has uh, claimed the title once again, which is very cool. Uh, Chelsea Green uh, also showed up uh, to enter the ROH Women's Tournament, which is very cool. Uh, and Forbidden Door once again open. Mm. Uh, the pure title stayed with Jonathan Gresham after he beat Mike Bennett, which is uh, another very good match also. Uh, yeah, um, some cool matches here in ROH. I think they're starting to find their... Uh, the groove again, shall we say, you know. Mm. Um, and, and one of the things that I've always said about the recent WWE releases, they're releasing so many people, right? AEW can't possibly snap all of them up. Neither yeah. can Impact, you know. So, like, all the, the second to third tier releases, right, can go to ROH and, and they can finally rebuild their roster, you know. True. Like, like your, your Ruby Riots, etc., you know, that, like those levels. Like, I'm not saying, like, Ruby Riot is a bad wrestler. Actually, I'm saying she's a good wrestler. It's just that, like, next to the star power of uh, Malachi Black or an Andrade, she's a bit lower. Mm. Uh, but ROH really could use her in their women's division, you know, stuff like that. So, I'm glad to see that the, the ecosystem of pro wrestling is starting to flourish once again. Uh, and uh, once WWE realized that their roster was, like, too bloated to maintain uh, financially. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um... Shall, shall we come back to review Fight for the Fallen next week? Because uh, Fight for the Fallen looks stacked, man. You got you got Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. You got the Survivor Series style match between the Elite and Inner Circle and stuff like that, you know? Uh, Things you can look forward to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should definitely get on that, man, next week. And plus, like, NGPW Wrestle Grand Slam is in, to- in the Do- Tokyo Dome. That's, that's going to happen. So I'm probably going to cover that as well because Kota Ibushi is back. Um, Kota Ibushi recently got COVID, but... Apparently, he's fine now, so he's going to mm. wrestle Shingo Tagagi for the IWGP Heavyweight mm. Championship. Uh, plus, GCW Homecoming, another Nick Gage thing. Nick Gage is going to take on Matt Cardona mm. in a GCW main event. Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, is the most unexpected opponent for Nick Gage, but also the best opponent because he's the anti-Nick Gage. He is the the main roster WWE, like, silly, goofy guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's stepping into, like, Nick Gage's world, uh, and that's very interesting. Uh, yeah. Are you aware Are you aware how the Matt Cardona-Nick Gage uh, feud started? Uh, no, I'm not. 
So, uh, randomly, right, at, at signings and at events, John Moxley has been just popping up to attack Nick Gage for no reason. He's <laughs> fucking, like, beating the shit out of him, you know? So, in a previous GCW event last month, Nick Gage won a match. And then out a guy came in in a hoodie, the Moxie hoodie. Mm. Then he did the, the Moxie wiggle, you know, with his arms and everything. Then he, yeah. hits the par- he hits the paradigm shift on Nick Gage. And then he unveils himself to be not John Moxie, but Matt Cardona. Oh, okay. And then, like, the GCW audience went fucking nuts because they hate guys like this. You know, they hate, like, the Zack Riders and the Mojo Rollies. It's so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's... It's not that thing. But because of that, he's the perfect villain for Nick Gage, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I like the build to the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, I think, like, much like Chris Jericho, like, Matt Cardona has no idea what he's in for. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, they don't freak out like David Arquette like, and just, like, you know, got into a car <laughs> and went to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no next Arquette, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, you know. Uh, but next might be cut, because all the glass flying around, you know, and the pizza cutters, and the forks uh, and shit. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, what a <laughs> what a monumental week for pro wrestling. We are, it we're was. Excited, we're excited to be able to talk about it, man. Same, same. This is the most excited I've been for pro wrestling in a long time. Exactly. Yeah. And like, because there's so many good things going on, like, everything gave, gave me hope, you know what I mean? Mmm. Yeah. Hope is the key word, which mm. I... I I mean, AEW and NXT have kind of revitalized my hope for a while, but uh, I think even NXT has kind of been letting me down lately. Speaking yeah. of which, our final topic of the night. Yeah. Uh, shall we talk about Karen Cross being called up to Raw? Oh, um, and immediately buried. <laughs> uh, and he lost in two minutes to Jeff Hardy. Uh-huh, that happened. So Karen Cross, he wore the NXT championship belt, you know, so they, they're did. presenting him as the NXT world champion. He comes out without... Without his regular entrance, got no smoke, got yeah. no scarlet. He just comes out like a regular guy. Uh, and you can tell that Karen Cross had no idea what to do during the entrance because he didn't have the usual thing. He like he looked so lost. It's like, what do I do with my hands during this entrance? You <laughs> know, kind of thing. And he looked so awkward. And yeah. and and then like he got squashed by Jeff Hardy. Uh oh boy. Uh okay, see the thing is, right? I've been very vocal about not liking Karen Cross. Yeah. As you as you have. But this is bigger than Karen Cross. This is burying NXT. Exactly. There's a problem. That's your champion, your NXT champion, and you buried him in two minutes. What does that say about the entire promotion? An NXT champion who's never lost, mind you. Exactly. He's never taken a pin. Okay, look at guys like Keith Lee, Dominic Dajakovic, Finn Balor, Johnny Gagano, Carl O'Reilly, uh, Adam Cole, all took calacious bumps to make him look good, you know. So now their losses to him mean nothing, you know. Yeah. It, it 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 feels so like Vince is trying to send a message, but I don't know why he's trying to like bury his own company, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's feuding with Triple H. I don't know, but I, I you must assume that Triple H is quite upset about this, right? Because I, would the way be... that, I mean the way that Karen Cross is presented as this unstoppable monster, uh but now he can't beat like a forty five year old Jeff Hardy. You know? Correct. What the fuck? It's, yeah, yeah. Like, at first, my in- initial inclination was like, ah, I'm not too bothered. Karen Cross, I don't care. But then, like, I started thinking about the larger implications. Exactly. Same, yeah. same. Yeah. It wasn't that Karen Cross died. It was that... <laughs> it was that NXT just looked like shit. Yeah. Yeah, it, feel, it feels terrible. It feels like Vince is just like... Like, WWE uh, is feuding with NXT, you know what I mean? Like, like, for what? This is your own company. Wouldn't it be <laughs> in your best interest for NXT to do well, you know, so it can make you more money? Exactly. What's happening? Like somewhere again, you know, like I said, the head is not talking to the body, not talking to the feet. There's mm. miscommunication all around. 
This is like a drunk person is running this company. You know what I mean? They, call, they called up Tegan Knox in the middle of a feud with Candice LeRae, which didn't even start. How did that make sense? She returns, attacks Candice LeRae. The next night, she's on SmackDown. And then, like, and Candice is just forced to pretend that nothing ever happened. Correct. You know, it it's it, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind that this sort of stuff is, is happening in the WWE. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <sighs> Uh, but oh, in, in other news, uh, Karen Cross is confirmed to take on uh, Samoa Joe for the NXT title in the next takeover, which is actually quite exciting. Yeah, it is. Samoa Joe making his in-ring return after yeah. a few years due to concussion issues. Uh, yeah. Also, that next takeover has a big match. Uh, do, you, do you know what the second match that has been announced for takeover is? Uh, no, what is it? It is the rematch of our match of the year last year, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Oh, Christ almighty, really? In front of a live crowd this time. Oh my god. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, I know. I know. The, the moment they said like, uh, they were going to do Walter versus Ilya Dragunov on NXT UK. And then Dude, they pulled it off. Somebody might die. Yeah, and then they pulled it off and then I was like, why? Oh, so they can do it in front of a crowd in the US. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, Walter versus Dragunov, maybe not your top match for last year, but everyone consensus, right? One of the best matches. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. They're doing it again, and this time they have fans, and then that means they're gonna go above and beyond. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm it's down. Not, yeah, it's a bit like uh, it's not the same as Darby Allen or Lance Archer kind of thing, mm-hmm. but um, I'm more afraid of taking a chop by Walter than I am of a a, a ladder spot or a coffin drop spot. You know, mm-hmm. like a chop by Walter seems to me like the most painful thing in the world, mm-hmm. and and you know that Elia is just gonna stand there and take it like fifty times. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> ah. oh. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. So, gonna, uh, yeah. I mean, like as much as like I'm a bit upset by how the main roster is treating NXT. NXT itself has been quite okay. So, yeah. I it's just that I feel like nowadays when your NXT contract runs out, just go to just go to AW lah. Like, why bother with the main roster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and that is it for this week's. Hard Hits Resting Podcast. Uh, any final thoughts before we cap off? All good, man. I, I recovered a lot today, man. Oh, shit ton. And we did it in one and a half hours only. So not bad. Not bad. Good job. You know, back in the day when we covered like the, the big... It would be like three hours. Show. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> it would be as long as the show. <laughs> it would be as long as the show. Not as long as Mania, but yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Till next week, guys. This has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. Goodbye. Bye-bye.